The Mom Babe community started from a simple observation. Moms want more. We have the best job in the world, but we are also running the world while cleaning up the kitchen. You're listening to the Mom Babe podcast, where every day we are serving up coffee in one hand and confidence in the other. We're your hosts, Christina and Carolyn, founders of the Mom Babes, sisters, coaches, and moms. We're here to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to show up each day as your best self. Whatever season of motherhood you're rocking, we are here, right alongside you. No judgment, no eye rolls. Save those for our kids. We believe motherhood is better together, so we are inviting you to come sit at our table. This podcast will give you your daily dose of, girl, you got this, because we know motherhood is hectic, exhausting, and straight up hard. So let's not do this alone. Whether you're folding laundry, commuting to work, or wrangling three kids to get their shoes on, just know you're doing one hell of a good job. Remember, you matter. And so do your dreams, your desires, and your priorities. We are here to tell you, you can have it all. Girl, you're a mom, babe. Let's get this kitchen party started. Grab your cup, because we're going to fill it up. Mom babes, welcome to and welcome back to the Mom Babe podcast. It's me, Christina. I am back here with you today and I'm super excited because we're going to be stepping into some conversation that, you know, uh, is a little, what I would say, outside the doctor's office. Um, we're going to kind of get into the personal uh, talk of women's health and the female body today. I recently joined a book club with some women in my community, and this first book that we were reading is The Do Less by Kate Northrup, and a big part of the book uh, that she talks about is like egg egg wisdom, your menstrual cycle, and lining your menstrual cycle up with moon cycles, and yeah, it it all can sound a little like, you know, woo-woo as they, at first as they say, but as you dive more into it, you're sort of sitting there nodding along and um, kind of wanting to know more and and sort of dig deeper into that conversation. And so it was so wonderful um, and true serendipitous timing when a mom babe from our community reached out and said, um, I would love to come and talk um, on your podcast and um, this is what I do. And so today I have Allison here from Blue Poppy Health. She is a fertility awareness and sexual health educator and she's trained in holistic reproductive um, health. She is an, and a practitioner at this and uh, she teaches people how to chart their menstrual cycles for natural childbirth, uh, pregnancy planning and managing overall hormonal health issues naturally. So, um, and we're also going to sort of talk about sort of the taboos around period talk and, and we have a little Q and a that we've got from our community. So I'm super excited to get this conversation going today. She is a mom of two little girls, uh, ages two and a half and nine months. So she is in it and, uh, she also lives in the lower mainland. So today I'm super excited to welcome Allison. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Did you want to give a little update about um, about you and who you are and what you do? 
Sure. Sounds great. Um, yeah, I've actually that book you mentioned, I've, I've heard a lot about that. And I would love to to get into that. It's on my reading list. So I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Um, but what I do is so I'm a fertility awareness and sexual health educator. And my main job is teaching women to chart their menstrual cycles for either natural birth control, or pregnancy planning or managing hormonal health issues from a more holistic point of view. And so people will come to me and I will teach them all about, you know, what's a healthy menstrual cycle look like? What is cervical mucus? How you can figure out when you're ovulating? And then if they want to get pregnant, that's a great time to have sex. If they want to avoid pregnancy, then we teach them how to do that. So looking at that whole system of your body and how it works, and then also talking a lot about how your menstrual cycle is a really important indicator of your overall health and well-being. And in fact, it's been called the fifth vital sign of health after the other four, I believe, are body temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and heart rate, something like that. But officially, the menstrual cycle is the fifth sign, which means when we look at it, we, we can learn so much about what's going on with, with our body and our overall health. So it's really important, I think, for people to understand that. Even if they never want to chart their cycles, it's really important information to have. Wow. I'm sitting over here like, they that's they don't tell us that. Because, um, <laughs> no, you don't. know, I think we do know that. Um, yeah. Like all, you know, you think, yes, heart rate, blood pressure, those sort of first... Um, signs even when you you know go into the doctor's office the things that they're initially sort of checking for for like overall wellness but it's not um nobody nobody really ever asks about your menstrual cycle or your period Mm -hmm. um you know those questions are often sort of a lot further down the list yeah i mean they often ask and when was your um, last period um and when was your last period is doesn't really tell you much at all about the overall cycle and what's going on. So that question doesn't, doesn't really help in my opinion. <laughs> no. So I guess first off, when do women come and see you? Like what, um, what are common questions that you get? Like what's, um, like, yeah, what are like sort of what are those first sort of questions um, that you yeah, that you get from women coming to see you? Um, so the majority of people who find me are looking for a natural method of birth control. So charting your cycles uh, is called the fertility awareness method when you do it this way is actually over 99 percent effective as a birth control method which most people don't know. There's a lot of a lot of myths and misinformation about it, but it's as good as the hormonal contraception. Um, so a few of my clients also have been looking for help with getting pregnant and then some as well managing things like PMS and pain and all that kind of stuff. So where I start with everybody is getting them to actually learn how to chart their cycle, which I can explain what that means a little bit more. But then from that, you can actually look at their cycle as a whole and see how their health is doing. And then they can start to make tweaks here and there, make improvements to try and improve their health. So definitely looking at their their overall cycle health is where I start with people. Okay. And so charting your health, what would be the natural, I guess, women's 
um, like cycle ranges anywhere between like 20. I'm just throwing numbers out, <laughs> out into the like 20 days to 35 days. Like, so, yeah. So that's one I'm of done. the common, um, there's, there's many myths and <laughs> there's many things in our society that we, we don't get right. And that's continued to be perpetuated through like the school system and the medical profession and all of that. Um, but an average cycle length is 28 days, which most people will have heard, but that is the average across the entire population. So as an individual, your cycle length is going to be probably not 28 days every time. I mean, some people it is for sure, but for most people, uh, like a healthy range is anywhere between 25 and 35 days. So you, you pretty much got it. Um, and then for that person, they can have their cycle length vary by seven to 10 days every time. And that's considered okay. So often when people might think they have an irregular cycle because it's not 28 days, but in fact, it's totally regular. We just don't talk about what regular really means. <laughs> um, so anywhere from 25 to 35 days and you're fine. It's if it's much shorter than that or much longer than that, or if the number is like a huge difference every single time, then you might have a problem. Okay. And then how many days is average that women actually like have their period? So would that be like the average is five days, but anywhere from three to six would be considered healthy. Um, so things we look at within their period to see how their health is doing, because it's not just about there's the number of days, right? There's other things to look at. So we would look at how heavy is their period, because if it's too light or too heavy, that could be a sign of something kind of off in the hormone balance. As well, there shouldn't be pain. So this is something that's really important to me to talk about, is that we have totally normalized uh, women's suffering. Um, and we think it's, it's normal to be in pain and it's normal to need lots of painkillers to get through your period. But that actually is a sign that something's off in your body. And there are ways you can start to, to figure that out. Um, so what's basically what's happening is when you're having your period, your uterus is having lots of little mini contractions trying to like push the blood out of your body. Um, so in a healthy cycle, you will feel some sensation. Like you will feel things going on down there. But if you can't function without painkillers or pain medication, then that's a sign that something is off and you, you would benefit by looking into that. Oh, okay. Um, cause I know that like, yeah, just for myself is like, you just feel like, yes, I feel, feel, I don't have as much pain, but just feeling like super lethargic, I guess often quite that feeling that like dehydration and like headaches and, mm -hmm. and tired, um, are those like, but yeah. And I'm never, I guess I just, you just, I don't know if it's normal or not normal I you just mm -hmm. I guess yeah chalk it up for taking some Advil and like pushing through in yeah. a way yeah no I think that's what we've always done yeah <laughs> exactly that's what our society kind of pushes <laughs> us to like just push through like you said right just keep going take them out take the drugs and just keep going um but actually like physically your body would or any woman's body I don't mean you specifically but you would benefit by like slowing down and taking some time to rest a bit more and do like maybe 
less physical activities or quieter, calmer activities. Um, so it is normal to be a bit more tired in those days. Like that would be fun. I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. But if you're super lethargic and like, you know, can barely get out of the house or get dressed, then that that could be a problem as well. Um, and headaches are common. Like you mentioned, a lot of people right. have those too, but that's also something that shouldn't technically be happening. So that's something that could be investigated as well. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then like for someone like myself who is like, I'm done. Um, well, for everything that I know in the world, um, <laughs> not choosing to have any more children. Yeah. Um, and so, but I'm not on any form of birth control. I do not have an IUD. Um, I don't want to be on birth control or have an IUD. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, um, I, I choose not to, uh, I just choose, I don't choose those options, but, um, can you sort of use a natural, I guess my question is having a natural birth control, um, for like, I guess it's like pregnancy non-planning essentially. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, most people who find me are looking for a natural method of birth control. And so it is over 99% effective, which most people don't know. Um, a lot of times when you look it up online, you will see that there's a 25% failure rate, but there's a, there's a huge problem in the way that number has been reported. And recently, finally, thank goodness, the, the American CDC has updated their data. <laughs> so they're not saying that anymore. But the problem with what, what they were doing with that number was they were lumping all the various different methods into one and just giving you the number that had the lowest rate, just, you know, just in case, just to be safe. But when you look at specific individual methods, because there are different ways to do this, you can see they all have different effectiveness rates. And all the good ones are like over 98, 99% effective. So it's really for for anybody with, as a birth control method, whether you don't want kids for a few years or you're done having your kids, or even if you never want kids in your entire life, you know, it is very effective if you're, if you want to do that, you know, if it's the right choice for you, you can totally use it. That would be a great option. And what types of, I guess, things are you looking for when you're charting out your cycle? Like where would you start? Yeah. So there's basically how it works is your, your body produces different signs of fertility that show you that you're approaching ovulation. Um, and what you do is you learn to, to track those and then you know which days are safe days if you're trying to avoid pregnancy. So the different things and different methods might be tracking things like uh, cervical mucus. So that's what people often think of as like the discharge that they get in their undies. Um, that's actually totally mm -hmm. healthy, normal sign of ovulation. There's also your lower body temperature. So the, the lowest body temperature you have is called the basal body temperature. So we track that your cervical position. So you can actually reach the cervix is the bottom end of your uterus and it, it hangs down into your vagina. So you can actually reach up and feel it. And it does change sort of its angle and its texture and its shape throughout the cycle. So that's something some people will check. Um, some methods also check hormone levels of different hormones. And then some methods include a calendar, some kind of calendar calculation. So the method I teach focuses really heavily on cervical mucus and temperature. 
because those are the two sort of key things in terms of figuring out when you're when you're ovulating and when those safe days are. So if someone was working with me, I would teach them like exactly how to look for it and how to do those observations, what the different like colors and textures and stretchiness and all that, what all that means, and then how to put it on a on a chart. And then from looking at that chart, how to figure out which days you could potentially get pregnant and which days you have no chance of pregnancy. Does that make sense? That makes uh, that makes total sense. I think that um, I think that's yeah. I, I it's just even like thinking about um, yeah, like when you are. I remember like tr- when it was try- trying to get um, pregnant with my girls, and and really, um, I was fortunate enough to. Um, get pregnant quite quickly but it was really just like that old-fashioned like okay well I guess we just they say ovulate around day 14 <laughs> the 28 day cycle count it up and like a, a little bit of a hope um and then sort of see what happens but I think um it's just really um makes so much logical sense in when you actually but it's not um it's not talked about and Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes it feels like you're just doing this quick google search or maybe talking to a girlfriend and being like what did you do and then okay well I'll just try that and Mm -hmm. um it can feel really and sometimes that does you know that works for that works for some women but it doesn't work for for Mm -hmm. everyone and um, and I think that being able to have resources and women like yourself who are there to support, um, is just so fantastic mm-hmm. and, um, where you don't feel like you are, um, it is just, it's another option. And I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, um, that um, whole idea of ovulating on day 14, um, that again comes from like population averages, just like the cycle length, right? So mm-hmm. on an average 28 day cycle, the average ovulation is on day 14, but as an individual, it might be quite different. Um, like you can actually ovulate anywhere from 10 to 16 days before your next period. So if, if you have a short phase right. between ovulation, and your next cycle starting and you stop having sex on day 14, you might not be infertile you're just like missing the key days where you're actually going to be close to ovulation but people don't know that because it's it's not talked about yeah yeah and I um one of the questions so we did a um Q&A on our Instagram this week and reached out uh to the mom babe community asking them if they had any questions um for Allison and one of the questions we received was, can stress affect fertility? Yes. If, um, and so do you have an answer to that? I know you do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I do. I mean, I think this is something a lot of people have heard is that stress does affect fertility. Um, and they're told just, just relax. And that's not helpful because <laughs> when you're not getting pregnant, you're going to be it will be a stressful time, right? You can't just relax. Um, 
but yeah, stress does affect fertility because the stress hormones interfere with the hormones that will lead to a successful implantation and, and pregnancy happening. So it's, it's basically like your body saying now is not a good time to get pregnant. <laughs> um, and part of the problem is we're living in, at least where, where we are, um, you know, I can't comment on other places in the world, but we live in a society that is like full of like daily stresses all the time. Like our little monkey brains are, mm-hmm. would prefer to be living in the forest, like in like a little cabin in the woods and like yeah. have our garden and our, our little, a little farm. And, you know, that's what our brains would be happier with. But because we live in such a fast paced society with like, you know, all this technology blinking at us all day and we have these jobs and then there's commuting two hours a day and like, it's just go, go, go all the time. So even just regular everyday things could be part of the problem. Uh, if someone's having trouble getting pregnant or not even getting pregnant necessarily, but having a like problems with their menstrual cycle, because whether or not mm-hmm. you're trying to get pregnant, ideally you'd have a cycle that would allow you to get pregnant because that shows that your body's in a a good state of health right um and it can be physical stress emotional stress environmental stress all those things have an effect so my my mentor likes to talk about the um the idea of the straw that broke the camel's back and so you don't necessarily need to make major changes but just start by looking at like what kind of stresses are on your back and what's what are some small things you can do to start to take steps to reduce that load on your body because our bodies are designed to take stress you know that's we are designed to but it it reaches a certain limit and then it's like okay that's enough (laughs) so you know just look at what what things can you do like looking at what you're eating or like are you happy in your job or your relationship or should you maybe go for a walk for 10 minutes a day or just get outside or turn the computer off at eight o'clock every night like there's little things that might actually be a help or would improve your quality of life anyway. Um, and then nutrition is something I always talk about with people is to start there because that's the foundation of our health as well. Um, so sorry, I went kind of off track. Yeah, there. I saw is that. that um, your question? Well, well, that's, I saw the, uh, well, on your stories was on, or on your feed uh, earlier this week, just talking about nutrition mm-hmm. and um, I think that's often something that's um, that's overlooked in in our health because you know we often put ourselves you know especially as in motherhood or as new moms and, and new moms are not putting because you know you can have teenagers and you're still in a full uh, you know full schedules putting yourself last late nights mm-hmm. um, you know sometimes it's whether it's hitting drive-throughs because everybody needs to be fed or, you know, it's leftover goldfish crackers and half a peanut butter sandwich, mm-hmm. um, not getting that time and not mm-hmm. um, fueling and feeding your body the way you need to. And then realizing how that's just having a sort of domino effect on mm-hmm. um, other parts of your cycle and and yeah and I think that um yeah nutrition is sometimes it's not like like the like it's like the obvious answer but not the obvious answer at the same time yeah Yeah. you know getting sleep those things we have right in front of us but we just don't see it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, it really is hard. Like, like you said, people are busy. And then sometimes, depending on what you're talking about, there might be an effect depending on their income and what they can afford to get and in terms of like food or supplements and things like that. Um, so like, you know, if someone doesn't have a lot of money, I would say like, start by looking at what you're eating that you can, instead of like trying to buy more things and spend more money in supplements, like look at what you're already eating. And maybe there's something you could cut down on or cut out that would make an improvement. Like, you know, sugar and caffeine and alcohol are some really, like you say, like kind of common sense ones, but we, we, you don't always really think about it in that way, but those can have a big effect as well. Yeah, those are, and, and that's the thing is I often, yeah, being on a budget and feeling overwhelmed by, um, like even just with the, the way the landscape of the world is right now with COVID and, um, you know, trying to keep everybody healthy at home and like, Mm -hmm. do you buy extra vitamins? Do you like everything, it, it all adds up at the, you know, and groceries and everything feels more expensive. So sometimes just those can feel overwhelming mm-hmm. in itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, being able to, to take um, sort of a visual of what you already have and know what you're already doing right now is, is probably really good, but there's probably just things within what you're doing right now that, um, you can shift not having to um, spend more or do more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you can do less. Hopefully the answer is less. <laughs> like that book you just read, right? Yes. And and that's the, like, there's so many topics. They do talk about, um, yeah, the egg wisdom and, and moon cycles, but a lot of the pieces there and the exercises um, that she offers are things of asking for help and putting yourself first and like what's one thing that you can do and and rest and it is sort of all around the um ideas of self-care and um trying to yeah do less do less not do more so I think that's always um an important reminder but um yeah one thing I also want to talk about because I am still slightly fascinated by by this is is the diva cup or I guess is diva cup an actual name brand or is that what it's called yeah it's a brand so So maybe you can cups is what they're called and there's tons of brands out there I think diva is one of the most popular ones yeah gotcha so is that something like you recommend those for yes women um Yes, because our tampons just like not the cool thing to do anymore for lack of a better. Um, well, so I'm all about like holistic health and like basically looking at your whole body and your whole system and like trying to be as natural as possible. I know it's not always possible, but like one reason tampons can be bad is that they absorb the blood and they, I think you mentioned earlier in an email, you were talking about toxic shock syndrome. And so you can get that with tampons because it absorbs the blood and it's always, it's not like your vagina can't breathe when that's in there and it's just ripe for bacteria to grow. 
and cause problems. Um, can also cause dryness and irritation and, and things like that. If you want to use tampons, I'd say make sure you use an organic one because the, the generic store brands, um, they have bleach in them. And they have all kinds of weird chemicals that you probably don't want like in your body and the mucous membrane. Um, probably not a good idea. So if you want to use tampons, like try using the, the organic ones or just make sure you look at, you know, what, what's in them. Um, but I love diva mm -hmm. cups and menstrual cups. I love them so much. I started using them when I was probably 21. So that's like cl close to 20 years no, ago. Oh, really? Changed my life. Like I, I was like, amazing. yeah, they're so amazing. Like, I mean, that, for some people, it seems icky. That is so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. It just, yeah, it kinda, well, I will, I won't, I wouldn't lie and say that it didn't. I'm if like if you had said to me 20 years ago um like I put a cup in my vagina for my period I would probably have been like oh yeah okay mm -hmm. um because yeah. that not it wouldn't my open-mindedness then would have been like uh I no I don't think so yeah. but now and and then obviously motherhood babies and and all of the Mm -hmm. where we are I don't like I don't use one but I want to use one I have I feel like it's like I need the courage I don't know it's like it's a, a courage and bravery thing that I have to um just do it or go go for it I don't oh, <laughs> so um <laughs> so because you know I like I tell so many women to go and go for it I don't but yeah. um I think too is, um, yeah. And I also, um, I have a, like, I have a longer period. So, um, I guess too, it, it, I just was like, but yeah, you just have to, I just have to try it. I just yeah. have to go out and buy one and try it. Yeah. Go for it. And then report back um, to know how it goes. But, you know, it's good for so many reasons. Like, yeah. it's good for your body. It's good for the environment because you're not making all that garbage. It's good for your pocket because you only have to buy one every few years, you know. So there's there's so many benefits. Um, and it, it's great to see it's going so mainstream because, like you mentioned, like, 20 years ago, I would have seemed like a crazy person. But, like, now it's, like, on the stores in the shelf next to the pads and tampons, which is amazing. And even big name brands are starting yeah. to make them. Like I saw one produced by Tampax in the store the other day. So it's it's really, I, really becoming normalized, which is amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, think I saw that, that too. I was literally in, um, I was in Shoppers Drug Mart, and like in the front of the store, like where they like kind of have the seasonal items. Yeah. There was like Tampax Diva uh, menstrual cups, and yeah. I was like. Like kind of like next to the popcorn and the Halloween candy, and I'm like, awesome. ah, here we are, awesome. 2020, given yeah. it. And I, think uh, and I was, and I was, so, I was like, I just need to, so I need to go back and buy. Just do it because um, I think two is um, also being a mom to two girls who you know aren't at that stage in their life just yet, but I do want to be able to. Um, yeah, provide those like be and be able to talk to them about it and have those options for them down the road. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it's. I was having this conversation with um, another mom who I had on the podcast. Who she's in um, 
an ambassador for Nixwear and their um, like period underwear wow. and just even those options that we have now wow. for just comfort and you know, not feeling that embarrassment that we had as when we were younger yeah. um I think is really I think it's really great yeah I actually use a combination of a menstrual cup and the cloth um cloth pads or like period underwear um and I have for for quite a while and I think it's it's great like you also don't have to change it as frequently um as a tampon which is good too yeah. and I actually you mentioned next there's a local company I've been one of their ambassadors they're called aisle they used to be called luna pads but they've changed their name so if you did want to check out a local business that would be a place you could check as well oh, okay she um yeah she uses the same combination she's um uh, she lives in toronto so which i think nix is based out of mm-hmm. uh toronto and so but yes okay i will look into i have heard of luna pads mm-hmm. um through um friend of mine so I will look into I will look into that because yeah yeah, I think that that sounds like a winning combination (laughs) (laughs) and also like for your listeners who too who are like not sure I guess you got to think about like the reason why you're like is you're not wanting to do it like are you worried it's gonna spill are you worried it's gross are you are you worried it's uncomfortable like all those things we can be addressed and like solutions can be found to those right Right. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't feel, I think I feel that it would be, um, I think it's the cleaning part of it to me that Mm -hmm. seems that part. I don't feel like it's like the, I'm not gross in that sense, but like, I was like, it's just a big, this isn't like, it's just a cup of blood Mm -hmm. that I'm like, now what, where, right. And so I think it's just, um, I guess feeling the, that it, and it's just a mindset shift, right? It's mm-hmm. just, um, that this is the female body and that you just clean it and, and then store it and then do it all over again. I think that was just what seemed strange to me yeah. because before it was like, everything just, yeah, comes out and goes straight in the garbage and you don't really think about it or see it ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so... Yeah, as yeah, so that's a that's just me, but mm-hmm. I will. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to report back on this one. <laughs> yeah, we could do another episode where you uh, we talk about how it goes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I was like, because I think, and I think that's what's so like. I feel fortunate enough to have. Um, a group of girlfriends who I can talk about these things with and I um we've actually recently um because I have some very pro um menstrual cuppers in my circle of friends and some of us who are sort of like sitting back like sitting back sort of on the bench being like are we going in like coach (laughs) like posture and sort of like oh no actually I'll just sit this one out and and then it's like then you gotta wait another month and like well actually no not (laughs) no coach I'm okay I'll wait it out again so I now just I just have to get in the I have to get in the game and um and then I can report back because they have all said that it was a definite um game changer for them Mm -hmm. it's great yes 
And then, well, and then another, I guess, pieces that I have is the IUD, which I don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the questions that I received was, can, can you start menopause um, if you have an IUD? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming they mean the IUD with hormones in it, because there's actually two different kinds, and one has no hormones, and one does have hormones. Um, so, right. I mean, I guess they're probably talking about the ones with hormones. So, like, basically, that would apply to some versions of birth control, or really any birth control with a hormone. You could have the same question, theoretically, like, what happens to menopause if you're on hormonal birth control? Um, so... The first thing is that, um, you know, taking birth control does not preserve your fertility or, or delay menopause or anything like that. Um, you know, we can't stop time, right? Um, no. Depending on what specific birth control you're taking and the hormones in that, as well as that combined with your unique physiology and your body and your health, um, potentially the the symptoms of perimenopause. So perimenopause is that those few years leading up to when your periods finally stop. Um, that's like the technical mm-hmm. scientific term for it is perimenopause. Um, those symptoms during those years could potentially get worse because if you're taking hormonal birth control and hormonal birth control completely disrupts your entire hormonal system in your body, right? And there's ho- those hormones are not just to help you ovulate. They have effects on all kinds of other systems um, you know, around like your mental health, your libido, your bone health, your heart health, like so many things are affected by those hormones in your body besides just ovulating. Um, so mm-hmm. if you shut that all down, then if you are having problems with symptoms, then they could potentially get worse because there's like an interference with your normal, your normal health, right? Um, so if someone is having problems with their perimenopause, or they think they might be in perimenopause, um, I mean, I, I definitely would recommend they get off the hormonal birth control and see what happens when they have like a natural cycle, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things you can do from a natural perspective to help with those things. Um, as well, I know people, I was just talking to a woman last week who she was sure she was in perimenopause. So she started taking, she wasn't on hormonal birth control, but she started doing some things to improve her health. She was charting her cycles and all that. Um, and then it turned out she was, she got pregnant because, <laughs> because her health improved. She wasn't really actually in perimenopause. It was just that her hormonal health was off. And once she started making those changes, she got back to regular cycling again. Um, so it's definitely something worth thinking about, I would say. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to go more details about like the hormones and how all that stuff, but I don't know. Well, that's just like kind of a superficial level of what might be happening. Um, but the specific hormones can 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 cause lots of other problems too. So, yeah. So that's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. I have um, a friend, actually, if you don't mind, one more story. She was, oh. I think, in her late 40s. She was like 47 or something. Um, and again, she, she was in perimenopause, or so she thought. And then she 
ended up doing a lot of stuff for her health and she's been cycling now for like another five years or something like totally normal healthy cycles like no issues so sometimes people might not be perimenopausal they might just need help with their hormone balance and their hormone health yes so I guess that's a lot of like you've talked about like body literacy and just really is that what you mean by this and like really just taking like a pulse check of of your yeah of your body Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my issues with the medical system is that hormonal birth control is given out all the time for any issue related to women's hormones or periods or things like that. Um, and women are told that it will regulate their cycles and fix the problem and, and all that kind of thing. But it really doesn't do that at all. Um, like hormonal birth control can help with symptoms, which is awesome. Like if that's what you want, then that's great because you'll you'll feel better. Like it'll get rid of, or it'll help to get rid of PMS and painful periods and all that kind of stuff. But the actual reason that's happening in the first place, the underlying problem is is not gone away. So the hormonal birth control is like a, a Band-Aid, which is great for a time. But if you really want to heal your body and get healthy, you need to get off that hormonal birth control and like see what's actually happening with a natural cycle and start working on things that way. Right. So is PMS something you can manage in a sort of natural health cycle? Um, Because I know that that's something um, like so many women feel like they'll just be like, I just like, just like leading up to their period, they're just, yeah, angry and just Mm-hmm. they're like, I just feel like I have raging PMS. I I don't feel that as much personally, but and they're just like, they're just like, I, but is there something you can do to sort of like manage that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't say specifically, right? Because it depends on the individual person and like what's happening for them specifically, yeah. but definitely, you know, you can improve your hormonal health from like a natural perspective. So that's, you know, like, again, it's like looking at things like diet and lifestyle and stress and, and all those kinds of things, they have a huge effect on us. Um, and we don't, we often don't realize it. But PMS, again, is something that that shouldn't really be happening. It's a sign that something is off in your body. Um, and, you know, not everyone has the time or the resources, or, you know, the commitment to, to look into this kind of stuff. But I'd say definitely do as much as you can or as much as you have the the ability to do because you can make changes and you can improve it. Um, like that time, but that's like the week before your period, it makes sense that you maybe be a bit more tired or a bit more quiet or introspective or maybe don't want to be out socializing as much. And that's okay. But once it gets to the point where you're having mood swings or you're getting fights with your partner or things like that, then that's definitely a problem. That, uh, yes, well, that makes, that makes total sense. Well, thank you for, um, yeah, sharing all of this with us today. It really, um, it's just such a, yeah, it's such a, you're just such a wealth of knowledge and such an awesome resource and, um, so happy to have this conversation with you. Um, one thing that I do love to ask is, on just a more like fun and personal note um mm-hmm. like what um 
what books are you reading? Like, what are, are you watching? Are you binge watching anything on Netflix right now? I know you have to. So you may be ready to, like, you may be, you know, like many turn it on and then you're like, I'm asleep 10 minutes on after the show. Or maybe you're up late binge watching something. Um, just always curious to know what everyone's like loving because we all can't really um, go out too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so a friend of mine just introduced me to a show called Duchess, which I think everyone oh, should check out. Have you seen that one? It's, it's I, so this one's on, it's on Netflix, on right? Netflix, yeah. It's so good. It's, the story is it's a, it's an American woman who lives in London. Um, she had a child when she was quite young and she's separated from him. So it's about her and her kid who's about 10, I guess. And she's just, she's amazing. She's just like, she's just totally herself. She swears all the time. She like, you know, takes no prisoners. She's like just being herself. And it's, it's just, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Um, That's, I think, I think she's a Canadian or maybe she's Canadian. Yeah, you're right. She's Canadian. She's not American. Yeah, like I think she's a Canadian comedian. Um, if you think she has, like she has a Netflix special. I remember seeing this and, um, I think she's from like Sudbury, Ontario or somewhere that she calls like the armpit of Canada and, <laughs> um, those are her words, not mine. So, um, right now. Catherine Ryan, that's her name. Catherine Ryan. Yes. And so she has a, a special on Netflix and it's super funny. So I, and like she's, um, she's yeah she's she's so funny so um i i'll have to uh check out her show i haven't watched it yet i just um i was late to the game i was just finishing watching little fires everywhere on amazon prime so i just with reese witherspoon and carrie washington Mm -hmm. um so that's another good one nice another good one too yeah well and then also, so where can um, our listeners find you if they would like to connect with you? Where is, do you, um, what are your socials? <laughs> um, so probably Instagram is the best place. You just look up Blue Poppy Health. So it's poppy like the flower. Okay. Um, and I have a link on there. I have a free Facebook group. So that's, it's, I mean, it's all managed through my Instagram. So if you just check me out on Instagram, um, and then I'm not sure when you're publishing this episode, but I am going to be launching a group training program for natural birth control in the next couple of months. So if anyone's interested in that, just stay tuned on my Instagram and I'll be announcing that pretty soon. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, this uh, an episode will probably launch uh, at the end of October. So through the fall season here. And um, but we will make sure to uh, link all of that when the episode goes live on our on our Instagram. So um, thank you so much for being um, here with me and having this uh, conversation uh, from my uh, walk in closet, which <laughs> you have seen on Zoom. Um, and then, yeah, we will have to um, do a follow up episode um, in the sort of springtime about, yeah, my, my relationship with <laughs> menstrual cups. That would be awesome. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. 
Oh, you're so welcome. All right, mom babes, that's it for this pep talk. We hope your cup is full and we thank you for making the choice to prioritize you today. If you enjoyed today's episode and want more information, then head on over to our website at themombabes.com forward slash podcast. Or better yet, share this episode over on Instagram. It's pretty much our favorite place to hang out. So until next time, keep showing up and rocking your best self.